Welcome to episode 11 of the Pretty Little Prisons podcast. Today's topic, grief, loss, and pain. How do we escape the mental and emotional traps of the things that threaten to suffocate us because they are so emotionally, mentally devastating? Anyone who has lost something or someone close to them, be it, you know, um, obviously a, 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 a something, something you cherished or prized, whether it was a loved one or this ideal job that you always wanted or, you know, something in your life, that home you always wanted, um, whatever it is or whatever it was that existed and now no longer exists and replaced has been replaced by this huge void or gap or lack of fulfillment in your life. This is something that nearly every human being, I would imagine, faces um, in terms of the things that we are required to either overcome or succumb to. And so how do we do that? Since obviously we know that's the pivot point of this podcast. How do we get beyond? I think it starts from my own experience pretty simply. We begin by just sort of carrot sticking ourselves forward. We um, we wake up every day, maybe with that same feeling of dread or being kicked in the stomach or hard to breathe, hard to get whatever it is we lost out of our minds. And we realize that in order from a survival instinct perspective, the thing we must do is find a reason to get through the minute, the moment, the hour and the day, right? Just keep moving. Just keep going. We tell ourselves that eventually it's going to get better. Whether it will or not, we don't know yet, but we want to convince ourselves through positivity, through optimism, that better days are ahead, better times are coming, the best is yet to come, right? It can't always suck this bad, right? It can't it can't stay this bad forever. At some point, we're gonna wake up and just the way the sun breaks the night sky, we are going to finally break free of that mental or emotional prison of the grief and loss that we are suffering while we are going through it. And so it may begin, I, I developed a, a, an initial survival strategy um, post grief or loss for myself that was similar to the carrot sticking me- method mentioned before, but I called it um, anchoring forward. See, I perceive myself to be in this ditch, you know, this trench, like you see in war movies where all of the soldiers are in this muddy, rained out pit. They're just covered in mud. They're fighting from the trenches. The head pops up like a gopher every once in a while and fires a shot at the enemy. Well, the enemy is grief. It's depression. It's that darkness threatening to overcome us all, right? And every day, we're in that pit that we wake up in that pit. We're popping our heads up and saying, okay, it's another day. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to take a shot at this. And so I thought, what can I do to anchor myself out of this, this trench, this mud pit, this hole? I don't want to stay here. I don't want to be this sad. I felt, of course, justified in my emotions, as would anyone who's experienced any kind of trauma, tragic grief, loss, um, but I knew that in order to survive, 
I had to survive first then in order to be able to get to the next step, which is to thrive, right? To get beyond the pain, okay? Uh, to, to eventually move beyond it. Well, first we have to process it fully. And for every person, that that's going to vary. I think depending on the loss, again, sometimes if it's a person or a job or whatever, I mean, Sometimes we lose them, I think, in pieces. Doesn't all happen in once. There's the day that it happens, the day the traumatic event. And then there's every day that something reminds you of that person, place, or thing that you lost and triggers the the emotions all over again, potentially. So you lose them in pieces. You may mourn over years. You may never fully get over it. I, I believe that. I believe that it's not time that heals things. Time is just something that puts more space between us and the tragic event that happened um, that triggered the pain. And all we can do, all we can do for self-preservation is to find enough reasons to love ourselves and love life to keep moving forward and not give up. Okay. So that can be one of the most challenging things because if you've got to wake up every morning because you've got kids to feed and take to school or this responsibility, that was okay. So if you're if you're living for other people or you have a responsibility to take care of other people around you, that may be initially the reason you keep moving forward, even if in an emotionally robotic state while you're processing brief in the background or maybe even delaying it, numbing it um, until you are ready to deal with it in pieces, take times out and, and, and process the grief or emotion. Um, but if you're alone, if, if this tragic event has left you fully alone, it is even more challenging um, to, to wake up and find reasons to survive. And I, I would be speaking personally from that space myself because um, the loss I experienced left me without a family. So, so that meant that every day I had to wit, I have to get up and just live for myself. I have to be enough for my, for me to live my own life. Um, not because I have to take care of a husband or two stepchildren or whatever, you know, like there's not, there's nothing I have to do except want to take care of myself, want to keep working, want to keep paying bills, want. So, we have to want to live, we have to want to survive. And like I said, we have to want to get to the horizon line, which is thriving, not just surviving. So if you have at least that, much like in the Bible says, you know, you have the faith of the size of a mustard seed, you can win the kingdom of heaven. If you have at least that mustard seed of faith in yourself and in your life, that it can and it will get better at some point, maybe not today, maybe not three months from now, maybe not three years from now, but you're going to keep, you are going to stay committed to anchoring out of that trench every day, to firing a shot against the enemy, which is grief and keep it from consuming you wholly and stealing away what life you have left, which is your own then you have succeeded. Every day you step forward, you have succeeded. Even though I was never in the military, in my mind, the thing that I would say as my own personal inner mental coach, every day before I got up and went to work after the loss or whatever, I would just imagine myself as part of a a soldier family. I would tell myself much like a a general might say, you know, it's time to lock and load, gentlemen, rock and roll, lock and load. Let's go, 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 go. Move, 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 move. You know, because in war, you don't have an option, right? It's keep, 
moving or die, right? So I mentally kept my boots on. Emotionally, I kept my boots on every day. I imagined myself as that soldier stepping over those emotional landmines, avoiding the snares of, of being, you know, of sliding back into that, that trench and staying there forever. I kept moving to the next line, advancing to the next line, to the next line, whatever it took. And some days definitely it felt like emotionally crawling across, you know, on my belt. Some days I was crawling and some days I was walking and other days I finally felt like I, I was running through it. But you, you've got to find that reason for living. That's what it all centers on because if you choose to focus just on that loss you may never find a way out of that enemy camp okay that is greed surrounding you with the grief the loss everything you know know that person that thing may never be come back and then maybe nothing will ever replace it but you can still have a life take what's left and keep running with it make that commitment to yourself I am valuable enough. I am worthy. I can have a good life. Yes, this may be the most terrible thing I've experienced in my life, but it's behind me now. And what's past is past. And all we can do is move forward in the present and try to create a better trajectory, a better future for ourselves. Find something that brings you peace, that brings you happiness, be it a hobby, whatever. And make sure that you make those investments of quality time for yourself. A lot of times, yes, the first mode of survival is just get through the day. Get through work, come home, and part of the recovery process, depression is going to bring about exhaustion. And there are going to be a lot of days that all you do is step through it. But if you got through it, pat yourself on the back and keep on moving. Live, Live to fight another day. Okay, and at some point, at some point, there's more and more light because sequentially every day you're adding, it's like you're adding a brick of light and another brick and another brick saying, my life is still valuable even without this person, place, or thing. I can still be happy. That's on the horizon. It will, no, nothing will ever take away the loss, as I said before. But time will put more space between you and that tragic event and it gets farther away. It gets it gets farther away, like that bruise that just fades. Yeah, it'll always be there, a mental, emotional scar. Sure, it's not, it's not going away. You always remember that loss. But it doesn't mean that your life can't still be valuable and meaningful and enjoyable. You can do it. You can escape that mental prison, mental, emotional, spiritual prison of grief, loss, and depression, but you have to be able to commit to yourself to doing so in, in, in hacking your life to doing so. Maybe you feel a prisoner, even maybe you're the thing that you fight every day. The loss is, is some functional use of your body. Maybe it's just as you aged, you have some acute uh, arthritis or fibromyalgia. So some days are just you may feel a prisoner in your own body, as we touched on in the body episode of the Pretty Little Prisons podcast. To get through every day, step through every day, despite the, 
the pain. It feels like your body's revolting or rebelling against you every time you get up and try to physically move forward in your life. That's a loss. It's a loss of, of the enjoyability the functionality of your physical body. And yet every day you still got to get up and do everything everybody expects you to do as an adult, right? Meanwhile, inside you're just a world of pain, just walking pain. Nobody can possibly understand what you're going through. No, hot I'm not talking about hot, take a hot shower and stretch kind of pain. I'm talking about absolutely debilitating, sit your ass down and don't move kind of pain. Okay. When you've had to step through a day like that, and you still checked off all your boxes, and you come home just emotionally, physically exhausted from all the pain you had to withstand, no matter what supplements, no matter what things you might be taking, it's hard. So there are many battles we face in this life is the point there. Many, many battles. But soldier on, it is worth it. You got to make it worth it, though, and you got to believe it's worth it. Nobody can tell you. Nobody else can make your life meaningful for you. It is probably one of the hardest things we do is find the reason, the joy in just existing. There is a movie. um, There's a movie with Dennis Quaid in it called uh, The Rookie. It's an older movie. But I, it, it's one of the films that I, I remember uh, fondly because there is this, this key line. In every movie, I always look for the, like, the best line since writing is one of my passions, one of my hobbies, something that brings me joy. So whenever I'm watching a movie, I'm always looking for great lines from scriptwriters. In this particular movie, The Rookie, with Dennis Quaid. He meets with his dad in this bar. Um, He's basically one of five people in the world who can pitch 95 miles per hour. But when he was in his high school days, he missed his first shot at going to the the major leagues or the pros, playing pro, because, you know, he ended up marrying his high school sweetheart and opting to prioritize, you know, having a family. So he turned down his first opportunity to to reach that, pursue that, that dream of playing pro ball. And so he's, he's living vicariously or not figure he's using, he, he then, it then manifests, of course, as a hobby. He's a uh, high school baseball coach, right? And, um, and a, uh, a talent scout actually clocks him pitching to his own team that he's coaching at 95 miles an hour. And he walks up to him and he says, you know, why haven't you uh, you know, why, why, you know, basically, why, why aren't you in the major? Why are you here on this field? You know, you, you have a tremendous talent. So he explains, basically, winds up that he gets a second shot in his life to go play Major League Baseball. And, of course, there's a conflict there because the wife, the family, they're concerned that they're going to lose him to the sport, that all of a sudden the the thrill of being on the road, it, it's going to change life, it's going to rip apart the marriage, there's going to be too much temptation on the road, et cetera, et cetera, all the usual um, fear-based type trajectory thoughts if he should take this opportunity and be away from family to pursue a dream. And so he meets his dad in this bar and is and, and to come full center with the reason and how this relates back to topic. Is, is, his father tells him, son, I can't tell you 
what to do, how to live your life. You're an adult, you know, you, you've got to decide that for yourself. He said, but all I know is this. And here's the quote. You're born into this life. You do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And then you do what you're meant to do. Son, in my opinion, I think you were meant to do this. You, you know, obviously one of the few people that can pitch this a baseball this fast. But it's up to you to choose your path in life, right? So, so centering on that quote, that that stayed with me. You know, it was it was such a such a powerful, powerful quote. We are born into this life, um, just like the advent of this podcast. When I talk about you know being confined by the host during our gestation period, during the pregnancy, and then coming into a world that we're not in control of our environment, all of these things. You know, yes, we are born into this life under a set of rules. Do we have to do what we have to do? to grow up and become uh, adults, right? Um, at least categorically uh, by age. And then we learn then as adults, okay, I have to do what I want to do, i.e. a job, pay bills, keep a roof over my head, eat, um, the lower end of the hierarchy of needs in, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have to do what we have to do for survival so that we can do what we want to do, our hobbies, pursue dreams, passions, things that will lead us to the self-actualization uh, level or top of the period, pyramid in, in uh, Maslow's um, model. So it's true. And I think that a lot of where we're at in life, the, lot of re- the reason a lot of us struggle to find meaning in our existence is because we are so consumed by the daily survival that we never, we, we, uh, we have a life, but we're not living, right? Um, we're surviving, not thriving. And so many are of, at our, uh, of us are at that level that that's why uh, mental health issues are, are such a, such a, is such a, a huge, huge um, concern these days. It's because the longer you stay at that level doing the things we have to do to do the things we want to do only occasionally and never potentially or possibly concerned about the fact that we may never get to do what we're meant to do um that's that becomes a daily a daily crisis that in and of itself can cause grief and loss just not being able to do the things that we know we're meant to do because we're stuck we feel stuck in the trap or the prison of working this job and this side hustle to take care of our family or take care of ourselves, pay bills, just doing the contribution slash debt game, working the system, you know, doing what the system requires us to do to give back, to pay for our survival. It's, we get locked in there and sometimes we feel like we can never break free from the mortgage, the bills, the car payment, the, the endless debt, the um maybe the, the 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 challenge of relationships there are so many challenges we as as um as human beings face and that is the whole purpose in this podcast is to kind of dive into each one of those areas because if we can systematically break every one of those links in the chain that feels like daily life then finally maybe we can reach the end that light at the end of the tunnel which is doing what we were meant to do and actually feeling like we are living free. And that concludes episode 11 
of Pretty Little Podcast Season 1. Thank you so much for being with me, listening uh, to this to this group and series of concepts that I've presented, and I hope some of it along the way and some of the resources I've mentioned have helped you, and I look forward to um, taking on more concepts and, and, and delving into more possibilities and areas we can break free in Season 2. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next one.